Ask BBB. Welcome to the program that brings you information from and about businesses that carry the BBB seal of accreditation, the sign of a better business. Your host on Ask BBB is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario, Jennifer Matthews. Thanks, Jim, and good morning, everyone. Our world is constantly being impacted by advances in technology. Computer software puts powerful tools into our hands. And one of those tools is the development of deep fakes. And on this morning's bulletin board, we'll explore why you can no longer believe everything you see. Into this midpoint in October, we're putting away the deck furniture and firing up the furnace. And as we gaze at those four walls, we might find it time for a little redecoration. We'll be joined later by Dave Pocock of Forest City Painters to explore some of the current trends in decor. And when we fire up that furnace, we want to be certain it is ready to keep us warm right through until next spring. John Finan, owner of Finan Home Service, joins us now to look at some of the things we should think about as the temperatures drop into the single digits. Good morning and welcome to the show, John. Hey, good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Jim. Nice to, nice to be here. John, as we move indoors, we like to picture ourselves as warm and cozy. One thing many people complete that picture with is a fireplace. So what are some of the options available to make that scene a reality? Well, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, the first thing I would say when it comes to fireplaces is getting something that you like the look of because the heat you feel, you're not actually looking at it. You're looking at the fireplace. So, you know, go to a retail store or uh, Google online and check out something that you like the look of, something that's going to match the decor of your house. And that would be the first starting point. John, when a homeowner is choosing a fireplace and there are so many choices, electric, gas, a gas retrofit into an existing fireplace, what are some of the things that they need to keep in mind? Well, beyond the looks of it, what I would suggest to people is they decide what heat they really need and when they need it. So one of the things, uh, I think it was a byproduct that maybe wasn't planned on, but uh, if your furnace were to die or the power was to go out, many fireplaces will continue to operate fine and keep the house warm. So if that's something that's of interest to a lot of people, that's something that they should uh, consider and follow. And the other one is, you know, in the shoulder seasons, like we're in in October and we'll be in in, uh, in March and April next year, is, is uh, a lot of people use their fireplace to heat their house. So shut the furnace off. They'll just kind of run the fireplace because it'll keep the house at a reasonable temperature for them. The furnace is the major appliance when it comes to home comfort. And what would be involved in having a furnace checkup? Yeah, so really it's about an hour of your time and an hour of the technician's time for them to come out and do a thorough evaluation. So, you know, everything from changing the filter, which frankly should be done, you know, more than a couple of times a year in most homes. And if there's one culprit for a heat, heating system not working properly or failing, it's it's just the the filter not being changed. So making sure that's been done, but beyond that, making sure that it's safe. Um, it's like having a car running in your basement and you want to make sure that uh, carbon monoxide gets taken out. So A, you should have carbon monoxide detectors and smoke detectors, but beyond that, having a furnace technician come in and take a look at the furnace will ensure that it's not leaking any carbon monoxide in the house for you. What is the recommendation for carbon monoxide detectors within the home? Is it one per floor, per sleeping area? How does that work? Yeah, it's, it's kind of both of those. It's one per floor where there's a sleeping area, but uh, the suggestion uh, in, in new building code is that there's a carbon monoxide detector on every floor of every, of every home, whether it's hardwired in or whether it's battery operated, just need to make sure that it's working. And as we wind down the use of our AC system, is there anything that we should do to be sure it will survive the winter and be ready for next summer? 
essentially tucking it into bed, I would say the first thing to do is uh, either get it covered before the leaves get on it, but uh, if not, clean all the leaves off, you know, get a covering, whether it's a tarp or many of the manufacturers actually make covers that go right on them. Um, so get that done. Um, the next thing to do is to make sure that the power is turned off to it. So it won't inadvertently turn off on that really warm day in, in uh, November that we're quite likely to have at some point. John, is are there things we can add to the HVAC system that will allow for an increase in comfort level in our homes? Yeah, when it comes to comfort, you know, it's it's pretty subjective, but I would say the number one thing that people can do is making sure that they have the right humidity in their house over the winter months. So, you know, and I'll just use my house and my personal choice as an example. I have a thermostat that monitors the um, the humidity level uh, in the home all the time. And if I don't use my humidifier, it will drop down to the low 30s uh, in terms of relative humidity. And we're itchy, scratchy, dry skin, uncomfortable. You know, more humidity means more heat, as we know, in the summertime. But it also means, you know, less heat in the wintertime. So if you can keep the humidity to a level that's a little bit higher, A, you're going to feel more comfortable. And frankly, the house is actually going to feel warmer when it's maybe not as warm just because of the moisture in the air. So, you know, in my home, which was built in the 70s, not terribly airtight compared to the new homes, probably low 40s to 55% relative humidity is kind of my sweet spot. Uh, but everybody's different. John, Fun and Home Service is one of the HVAC firms that offers a home protection plan. What are the advantages of such a plan? And what are some questions we should ask before we consider subscribing. Yeah, absolutely. So it's quite common in, in the HVAC uh, industry to have protection plans. So, you know, companies that have been around for a while of any size, really what it is, it's, it's formalizing the relationship. The customer says, hey, we really like your service. We want to continue on with you. Should we have an issue? We would really like it if you would put us first on the list to come out. So that's kind of been the strategy over the years for production plans. And it's never been more important than it is now because essentially there's far more um, need of tradespeople than there are tradespeople. And that isn't going to change. So, you know, for the homeowner that waits until, you know, January, the furnace breaks, it's really difficult to get somebody out when it's super busy or in the summertime when air conditioning season hits. So being part of a protection plan, I think is more critical now than it's ever been, will continue to be. Um, one of the cautions I would say to people though, is depending on the type of relationship, there's protection plans and then many companies will have formal rental agreements and you just have to be careful with the fine print because if you rent the equipment, sometimes you are absolutely tied to that contractor, whether you like them and you appreciate their service or not. So you have to make sure you've got some sort of an out should the relationship go south on you. John, you mentioned the um, the need for trades, and and I know that HVAC industry is no different than any of the other trade industries. What would you say to, let's say, a high school student who's considering options moving forward and might not be aware of the, the future in trades? Yeah, I, you know, I would say talk to your counselors about it, meet tradespeople. A um, little bit of a spoiler alert, I'm just in the process of finishing off a book about uh, getting into the trade. So our story is a fable. It follows a couple of high school students that are a little unsure about what to do, and they explore the trades. And uh, my hope would be we'd be releasing that sometime in 2023, and that'll be a good starting point for people. Can you reflect on what BBB accreditation means to both you and your customers? 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, very few things go on our trucks. So if you see our trucks running around town, you're going to see our name first and prominent. Um, manufacturers and all of the other suppliers that we use would love to have their logos on our trucks. And we absolutely say no, but the BBB logo is something that always goes on because, you know, I guess in the age of the internet, it's maybe a little bit easier to find out, you know, how customers are being dealt with by a company. But historically, the BBB has been, is, and will continue to be sort of a great way for customers to see what you're really like when they lift up the hood and, and uh, they don't necessarily... Uh, want a bad experience, they can check you out ahead of time. John, I want to thank you for your time this morning and talking to us about how we can make our homes more efficient and more comfortable for the winter ahead. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. John Finan is the owner of Finan Home Service, a business that carries the BBB seal and holds an A-plus rating. You'll find them in the BBB directory, and from there you can connect to their website and to their social media pages. The BBB seal is the sign of a better business. Painting over a brick fireplace or removing popcorn ceilings. Decorating trends we'll discuss after the break. You're listening to Ask BBB, and your host is Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. Well, fall fashion is something we associate with clothing, but as the indoor season approaches, there are decorating trends that we might want to consider. Our next guest not only keeps up with those trends, but also helps create them. Dave Pocock is co-owner of Forest City Painters, Inc. Dave, welcome to Ask BBB. Thanks for having me. So, Dave, what are some of the trends in home decor as we approach the end of 2022? So this is a good question to ask my decorating team, but I did do some research before I came on here. Um, And I think, you know, a lot of what's happening in the, in the trends today has to do with people's reaction to COVID and to, to that whole pandemic. Um, I think a lot of the serenity, the the warm colors, the grises, the things that are very peaceful, I think that still really is a popular trend for interiors. Exterior-wise, you know, I think we're seeing that, those dark trim kind of elements that are really popular right now. But I think interiors focused really on, you know, health and wellness um, peacefulness, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. When you do a color consultation and an estimate for residential exterior or interior painting, how does that process work? So generally speaking, we start with the estimate process. So to go to a client's house or do remote, uh, quotes, cause we do a lot of that now too. People are still, you know, affected by that trend. Um, I think honestly, the first thing to do is to find out what they're after to get painted or to have done. And then after that, we sort of get into, you know, what colors, what's their vision. Um, Our sales estimators only take that so far. You know, Jennifer, the idea there is that they're not really trained professionals in the decorating industry. We have really lovely uh, decorators that help us out. Ours, Michelle, is just wonderful. Um, You know, she makes the whole process really relaxed she looks at the home itself what are their tastes you know tries to identify that and then you know takes literally thousands of colors and tries to narrow it down to a select few because if you ever try to pick a color by committee you're in trouble (laughs) (laughs) moving back to the topic of trends we see natural wood cabinets brick fireplaces being painted over now Uh, what are the preparation steps and the products the paint products involved to carry that off successfully? 
let's talk to cabinets first. So cabinets, you can do yourself. There's a do-it-yourself path, and then there's the professional path. Um, and we still do both, but we really focus now on the professional side of that. Um, do-it-yourself, you're talking about things like acrylic melamines. Um, acrylic melamines are kind of like a, in my personal opinion, not quite as uh, good as they used to be when they were oil-based melamines, right? So um, things like leveling properties, how how strong they are for impact resistance, that kind of thing is is what you're looking for. And they do a good job. We work in the lacquers now at our shop. So we'll actually take beautiful old wood cabinets and we'll take them and we'll spend quality time with them, preparing them, sanding them, cleaning them. Um, the client has to select whether or not they want to preserve a wood grain. Um, we have to decide what to do if they don't want the wood grain to be kept. And then we would go through, you know, lacquer primers and lacquer finishes, which by all accounts look almost as good as what you would buy from, you know, uh, Ikea. The difference being is that, you know, these are real wood cabinets. So, so repurposing rather than, you know, replacing a brick cabinet, a brick uh, fireplaces are different. You know, the bricks themselves are either porous or not porous. Um, non-porous bricks, you can just use, you know, even a, a stain, a brick stain would be lovely, right? You can do some darker colors, take that, give it a, a stain where you're looking at two coats of stain versus the paint version, which requires block fill, I think, and then painting it with finish. One tip I would tell people is if you're thinking of going with a brick stain, stay to the darker colors, because if you use brick stain with white, all those pinholes still appear so it look, makes the white look dirty the other thing to address is the popcorn ceilings that were standard for homes built in the 1970s and 1980s first is that still done and second if we want it removed and the ceiling painted what's involved yeah well it could be still done um i would do all my power to advise against it popcorn ceilings if somebody comes to me and says hey dave i want to take my popcorn ceiling down and i say you know, understand this is going to create a tense relationship because it is a extraordinarily dusty process. So even with us fully taping and plasticking off all their furniture, closing off door sections, closing off vents, the dust still travels, you know, Jennifer. So we even have a special tool that is like a planetary, planetary sander that sticks to the ceiling and has suction. It goes right into a HEPA vacuum. And that still, while much better, creates a ton of dust. If the popcorn ceiling has not been painted before, the process is a fair amount easier. Usually you can just wet the popcorn down and scrape it away and you're done. But sometimes if it's been painted or if it's just a, a painted in popcorn stipple, you got to go physical. The other option is, believe it or not, just ripping the ceiling right out and replacing with new drywall. If we're looking at a uh... A, more than one quote for a painting job we might have coming up. How? What should we look for in comparing those quotes to make sure that we're comparing apples to apples? Yeah, details. Details are key. Part of the way of making a client very happy is to really understand expectations and set them properly so they can be achieved and overachieved. And if that contract isn't detailed, then you know what? What? Where's the benchmark? Where's the starting line? Right. As a homeowner. I want detail. I want to know, you know, you know, what preparation steps are you going to take? What is the area of concern? I want to know specifically how many coats are being applied, what kind of paints being applied, not just, you know, top quality paint. 
I want to know, you know, what manufacturer or alternate, because that's another big problem we face right now is supply chain. But making sure that you're working on an equivalent level of product, um, that's key. So, um, you know, we've done this for 20 plus years, and I can tell you the more detail is always better. Dave, can you comment on what BBB accreditation means to you and to your clients? Yeah, I think BBB is a really great resource for clients to find people that they can trust. Um, you know, I think a lot of the 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 boards that you can get now, and I'm not really all that savvy with it, but these boards where you can go and, and there's reviews and whatnot, what kind of vetting is done on that? And with BBB, there's, there's a step-by-step -step process if there's a concern, right? So it gives a chance for both parties to come together and find a, a, a solution that's pleasing, right? Um, I think BBB gives, you know, certainly it tells about the, the longevity of a company. That's important. You know, you can see the history of how many complaints they've had. That's important. We want to, of course, make every client happy before they'd ever consider complaining to BBB. But at least there's that as a resource for them as well, right? Because not all companies out there do everything right all the time, believe it or not, right? So it's nice that they have that resource as well. well. Dave, thank you so much for taking time out of your day this morning to chat with us about updating our home. My pleasure. Dave Pocock is the co-owner of Forest City Painters, Inc. Check the bbb.org directory to learn more about the company and the services they offer. Forest City Painters, Inc. carries the BBB seal of accreditation, the sign of a better business. The finals of America's Got Talent featured an act that changed what we should believe. Welcome back. Well, it's time now to check the BBB bulletin board. And Jennifer, one of the recent BBB social media posts directed followers to an article on deep fakes. And if you were watching America's Got Talent, you saw just how advanced deep fakes have become. You know, we don't follow that show closely, but I did see some of the finals and the group called Metaphysics. It's always entertaining. And, and back in the day, we like to see impressionists like Rich Little and the cast of Saturday Night Live who use makeup and voice technique to imitate famous people. But this metaphysics thing, Jennifer, it uses technology to virtually become the person that they're imitating. Chris Ume is one of the top deepfake artists, and he joined with Australian lawyer Tom Graham to become metaphysics on America's Got Talent. They impersonated Simon Cowell and the other judges in real time using software they have developed. Tom Graham said in an interview that they wanted to go on the talent show to raise public awareness about how good deepfakes are and to prod people to abandon the old idea that seeing is believing. So let's touch on some of the highlights in the BBB article about deepfakes. Well, to follow up on Tom Graham's urging, don't believe everything you see online. Be wary of videos featuring celebrities or politicians that are especially divisive or scandalous. And make sure you know whom you are talking to. Scammers now have the ability to impersonate your loved ones. So if a friend or family member makes an out-of-character request, don't send money or sensitive personal information until you're able to confirm that you were talking to the person you know. Wow, that's really scary. Uh, how are these scammers able to create videos that look like people we know? 
One of the reasons that a lot of deep fake videos feature politicians and celebrities is because there are so many images of them available online. So be careful about what you post online. The only way scammers can make deep fake videos is if they have access to a selection of photos and videos featuring your face. So maybe you want to find private ways to share those photos or videos instead of posting them publicly on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't make financial decisions such as investing in Bitcoin or donating to a charity based on the video advice of a celebrity. I'm really fascinated and at the same time alarmed at the ability of this software to create avatars of us. How readily available is this software? Well, you might not be able to create images as good as the ones we saw on America's Got Talent. But according to an article in Fortune magazine, software is freely available on the internet to allow someone with almost no technical skill to produce a not-half-bad-live deepfake. And the technology is rapidly improving. So the BBB article urges you to use multi-factor authentication to prevent hackers from getting into your business account. Train your employees to recognize deepfakes, especially those in charge of finances or assets, and be very careful when sharing any information digitally. Take the time to verify a person's identity, especially if it is an urgent request of a threat to take action against you or your business. Well, this article on deepfakes is available on bbb.org on the website, along with other information that helps you keep informed about possible scams and to help you find businesses that you can trust. And Jennifer, that's our time for Ask BBB this week. If you have any comments on what you've heard on today's program, we'd love to hear from you. And if there is a subject you'd like us to include, let us know. You can contact us at hashtag AskBBB and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jennifer Matthews. And I'm Jim Swan. Remember, always look for the BBB seal. It's the sign of a better business.